is an exchange. The Lord wants to happen in your praise. I believe there's an exchange. The Lord wants to happen with your I'll give you your peace now. Give me your worship. I'll give you your joy now. <laughs> give me your worship. I'll give you your wholeness now. Give me your worship and I'll fill every void. an exchange that's gonna happen with your praise so the floor is yours the floor is yours no song no script no routine the floor is yours
Come on, come on, raise up your voice, lift up your evening sacrifices unto the Lord. Radaba shanda darabo shikitititi libra shandu rukutai mande libros kutai sibando shandi kititi rotoma librondos katai zibaba barakata makata baraba shandi shandu rubukuta. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise. We bless your name for you are worthy and you are worthy to be praised. You are clothed in majesty and splendor and we honor your name. We reverence the name I am. We reverence the holy God of Israel. You are the King eternal. 
only potentate, most wise, invisible, and yet all creations declare the goodness of the Lord. Declare uh, the goodness of your creation, Lord. We bless your name, God. We thank you, God. There is no God like you. You are El El Lamb. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. From everlasting to everlasting you are god you are the god of abraham the god of isaac the god of jacob you are a transgenerational god there is no god like you you are more than still mortar and clay you are not a god created by man's hands oh lord you are not a man that you should lie nor a son of man that you should repent oh god you have kept your word you've been telling us about our bulkers season that we're coming into oh god you've been bringing us through various consecration journeys you have been preparing your kedushim reteka laba shandai mando shante kete librotondo shai laba ba sokototo rapa rande sede de bobo you have been preparing your kedushim your earthen vessels oh god malaba shandadaba sheketete labra makata papa we are your messengers on earth reketete as your word says as it is in heaven so will it be on earth god we give you thanks oh lord we delight to do your bidding oh god we say use us as you see fit lord we place ourselves on the altar god lose your spirit oh lord use your spirit the, the holy ghost fire lord and burn out anything that is not of you oh god you search us know our ways you know our down sitting and our upstanding oh god you know everything about us your word says your eyes test the reins and hearts of men Raka papa, pa. we have come today, O oh God, Libra Kata to transact, Librondosh Kata, and we have come, O oh God, for impartation, Malaba Shanda Dalaba, Lord, the King of the Universe, the King of the Cosmos, the Creator of all flesh, Malaba Shanda Dalaba, the God of the unseen and the natural world, Makata Paraba, the God who sits in the midst of the congregation of the gods, Libra Daba Shanda Dalaba, Rakata papa. Pa. The God who has no equal, who is in the category all by himself. The God who holds all the waters of the earth in the hollow of his hands. The God who spread out the heavens like a curtain. The God who weighs the hills and balance of the earth in a span, in a balance. The God who weighs all the dust of the earth in a span. We declare your glory, O God. We bless your name. There is no one like you, God. There is none that compares like you. There was no God formed before you. There will be no God after you. It is written. It is decreed. It is declared. Lord, we come to do that which is written of us in the volume of our books, O Lord. So in this session, Lord, we pray, O God, to teach us how to hear from you more more 
direct more 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 optimal lord how to configure our spiritual antennas our receptacles oh lord la brada Rakata, we know there are several ways you can speak, and it's not always an obvious way, oh Lord. So, in this season, oh Lord, as we head into our bokeh, Lord, teach us, teach us so we may number our ways, teach us so we will not never fall from the path. For there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it will lead to destruction, oh God. We come to do your bidding, we come, oh God, we are listening. No longer will the princes walk while servants are on horses. We are progressing, we're promoting from Dulos' bondsmen, oh God, to horses, to sons. And in order for us to carry our kingdom mandate, we have to hear, we have to hear, we have to hear from your God. We have to hear and we have to know the various ways you talk and you commune to us, oh Lord. Oh, help us to tweak our spiritual antennas manda raba shande de ba shando kota rada ba shede de boshkata rekete tete paraba shadaraba mala brandoskata in the name of jesus amen worship you we adore you we magnify your name God great God immortal invisible God only wise in light inaccessibly hid from our eyes most ancient most glorious the ancient of days almighty victorious your great name we praise who is like unto you O god among the gods who is like thee you are glorious in holiness you are fearful in praises you go about ever doing wonders hallelujah glory to the lamb glory to the king glory to the god who conquered the grave death and hell bow before you the hosts of heaven surround you with reverence unto the king eternal unto the reigning king unto the lord almighty be blessing and glory and honor and power for now and forever we belong to you now and forever we belong to you now and forever 
we belong to you thank you thank you for your presence here today thank you for your presence here tonight thank you for the revelation that you will release thank you for the insight that you will give thank you for the lives you will change thank you for the impartations and the activations that you will accomplish by the greatness of your name we love you we'll never stop all this is for you jesus 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 father let prophets be born tonight let prophetic gifts be activated tonight but let every believer go to another level in their ability to hear and communicate with you lord let the seals be broken let the things that shut down this faculty of divine communication be shattered and burnt in the name of jesus let the light of your glory pierce through every veil we give you thanks and we give you praise in the precious name of jesus if i have a believer or two in the house somebody would you clap your hands oh you people and shout unto god with a voice of triumph come on hallelujah hallelujah isn't he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory isn't he worthy of all praise hallelujah all righty welcome everybody to the quorum on a wednesday um and if i'm not mistaken did we did we skip any weeks over christmas for the quorum if not then this would be the 52nd or 53rd edition of the quorum wouldn't it be um because the quorum is exactly one year old today and if that excites you somebody give the lord a shout of praise oh hallelujah it's been one year of truth one year of activation one year of the glory of the lord um and when i look back over the journey we've had it's 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 been real hasn't it it's been real um okay where's that coming from this should be a mute um and a few people have asked over the years and said when's when when's casey gonna do uh a full-time school of the apostolic school of the prophets you know school of ministry uh my answer is soon but in the interim the next best thing to that anywhere on the planet is the quorum uh and i make no bones about saying that you know with no no fear of contradiction um i've gone back and i've listened to a couple of the other recordings tony from the quorum over the last year 
there's some rich stuff. Um, if you're a pastor, you're, you're a leader, you feel called to ministry, or you're just a believer who wants to grow in the things of the Lord and you understand that the Bible says there are certain signs that should follow believers and not just pastors, then this is the forum for you. Uh, there's a playlist in the video description that should have almost every single quorum in history edition. And after today, today's will be added as well. You will do well to go back and chew. Amen. Alrighty, uh, so let's um, let's let's get straight to it, shall we? Let's get straight to it. By the way, uh, happy birthday to uh, to brother Rodney Malesi from Kingdom Culture in the city of Nairobi in Kenya. Uh, happy birthday, Rodney. We love you. And um, in 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 advance, happy birthday to Mr. Cameron Biden. Um, son of one of the most popular people in kingdom culture here in London. Tony, give the young man our love. Also in arrears, happy birthday to uh, someone very special in the room who showed up out of the blues. Uh, Moni in arrears, happy birthday again. Amen. This is, you know, this is the month in Casey to be born. This is the month. Tony, <laughs> someone's jealous. Someone in the studio here is hissing. It, Tony, it ain't our fault you picked the wrong month to be born. Amen. But we will accept you on the basis of your son being a june baby um everybody whose birthday it is who shares a birthday month with me i love you but i also love every single person on a serious note who's a part of kingdom culture a part of the kingdom culture worship assemblies our churches but also the wider family the prayer culture apostolic hub uh, our partners and covenant partners around the world uh, the other ministries and leaders and pastors who are connected to us the reformers alliance family of pastors and ministers if you're a pastor your minister you're you're plugging along in ministry somewhere in the world and you want to be part of a of a loose network just a family of brothers and sisters for for corporate uh, for mutual accountability but also for support and prayer and 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 mentoring and guidance the reformers alliance may be for you if you want to find out about it send an email to contact at kculture.org we got sister monica in the house with us tonight how are you doing? Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, Monica, I'm not sure if you can find the um, the contact information. I know it's been a while you did this, but you just plaster it on the screen. Contact at kculture.org if you want to get in touch. All right, let's get straight to it. So, we are on week three uh, of what is quickly becoming a macro curriculum. Now, the plan was to do this over three weeks. Then I decided I'll do it over four. But each week when I start chewing on what to, to, to bring that week, I realize now that this may take us seven or eight. Um, because there's no point touching a subject like this and not doing it justice. Who would agree with me? So we're going to do this justice. By the time we're done with this mini-series, nobody who has been exposed to it will have an excuse in their inability or ability to discern the will the mind of god there'll be no more errors um that delay destiny um i don't know about you guys but i'm old enough to look back at my life and but for the grace and the joy of the lord there would be many regrets you know that there, there are many things that if i look back on i think boy i can't believe <laughs> that I messed this up. Anybody like me? 
uh, and many times we we can't believe we messed it up in hindsight because we didn't take the time or we're not proficient in our ability to hear from God. I have learned the hard way that for every day you think you are wasting waiting to hear what God has to say, you will spend four to five correcting the mistake if you move without his voice. Can I get a witness? And I didn't pick that number arbitrarily. It's my personal experience and also my experience dealing with people that you're going to spend roughly four or more days correcting an error born out of being out of God's will than you would have spent waiting to discern clearly what the will of God is. Uh, if I could advise a young believer and certainly a young minister, if I could advise you as to what my most, um, okay. I'm sure what you mean by log on info, but just let me know exactly what you mean. Um, but like I said, if I could, oh, I get you, I get you, I get you, I get you, no problem. Okay, cool. So just uh, just hit the login, it'll generate a code and I'll send it to you. So if I could advise you, if I could give you advice as to five most important things I have learned in life and ministry, number one would be, or one of the first would be, that the voice of God is king. Somebody say the voice of God is king. The voice of God is king without contradiction. And whatever price you must pay to be able to discern it, recognize it, hear me, and access it. Oh, you're the one making noise. And access it on demand. Somebody say on demand. Because there's many people who can hear the voice of God once in a while, but they can't access it on demand. You need to be able to access it on demand. Meaning, when you need it, you know how to get it. All right, so let's start today. Uh, today's, uh, well, actually, before we go there, so let me give you a brief summary of some of what we covered last week. Just I'm literally just going to call it out in, uh, in bullet point form, just a reminder, uh, so we set the stage for today. Do, 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 do. So, Monica, I'm just waiting for you to request the code and I'll send it to you. So we looked at, from let, let, let's start from the top. We looked at from Hebrews 1, the fact that the Bible says God speaks in diverse ways and uh, at diverse times. In essence, the way the, the Lord of the Bible, our God, speaks is not monochrome. So there are diverse ways and many different formats in which he can speak. Um, and Hebrews 1, Mr. Morris, I don't know if you're, okay, there we go. And, uh, and one of them, the book of Hebrews 1 says, was through the prophets. He says, in, before, he spoke in diverse ways and diverse manners to our fathers through the prophets. So the Old Testament had a restriction on who had access to the voice of God on demand. He then says in the New Testament that he speaks expressly by his son. So the first thing, and Monica, I'm still waiting for you to generate that code so I can send it to you. Um, so the first thing we need to understand is that in the New Testament, he speaks by his son. 
And we looked at the concept of the office of the Christ. But also, if he spoke in the Old Testament via the prophets, it would behoove us, wouldn't it, to study how he spoke to the prophets. We're going to deal with that. If we don't get to that today, we'll get to that next week. We looked at the fact that in the New Covenant, he speaks to the office of the Christ as administered by the Holy Spirit. We established the fact that this office of the Christ can be divided into three. Pre-incarnate. One second. I'm just trying to communicate with my media team. I don't think they can hear me. One quick second. We had a last minute lineup change tonight, so somebody's stepping in at short notice. So please forgive us. There are three dimensions of the office of the Christ. The pre-incarnate phase, meaning Christ as revealed in scripture from Genesis to Malachi. The carnate phase or the incarnate phase, meaning Christ as revealed in the Gospels and the first chapter of the book of Acts. And the post-incarnate phase, which is Christ as revealed through the epistles uh, and the writings of the apostles and the book of Revelation. Each of this is important in understanding the office of Christ because each has a piece of the puzzle of how God speaks through the Son to us in this dispensation. We looked at the fact that you must first be able to discern the form before you can trust the voice. More on that next week. Uh, we're going to focus today on the fact that Jesus was an earthly or the earthly example of a man communicating with God. And so we're going to go into great detail today uh, about how or the lessons or the examples we can see or pick up from scripture as to how Jesus heard from God. Um, but more, very importantly, we also dealt with the fact that the office of Christ is not schizophrenic. And therefore, since the scripture is the only codified expression of that office, in essence, the Bible is the only means by which the office of Christ is objectively codified, means written down in clear English or clear language, sorry. And so while it is not the only means God speaks, it is the primary means by which we must test whatever we discern or suspect to be the voice of God. Are you with me? And so we put the concept of sola scriptura in its rightful place. It doesn't mean scripture is the only way God can speak. It means it's the only safe way to measure any other way he speaks as being from him or not. Because as the book of 1 Corinthians teaches us, there are many voices in this world. The Bible says, and none of them is without significance. There are many other entities that are very, very willing and eager to speak to you from the spirit realm. And so you must be careful as a believer when you begin your journey of exploration in this dimension to be sure that it is the Lord, your father, you are listening to. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 10, my sheep know my voice. Someone say, know my voice. My sheep know my voice and the voice of another they will not follow. The word know there, it doesn't mean they just understand it. It means they experience my voice. Ginosko, they have a relationship with my voice. 
Therefore, if you are, let's repeat week one, if you are a Christian, if you have truly been born again and are walking in a covenant relationship with the God of the Bible via his son Yeshua, it is your birthright to hear him speak to you. Let nobody tell you otherwise. Clearly and many times on demand. Somebody say amen. Having established that, let us go to the word of the Lord tonight. So I want to start with a scripture. Um, oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. I want to start with a scripture which is designed to establish the importance and value of access to the voice of God. And then we'll carry on from where we stopped last week, specifically about dealing with the office of the Christ and the life of Jesus as an example of how a believer in the new covenant can expect to hear from God. By the way, it's summer here in the UK, uh, so it's t-shirt season, amen. It is hot up in here. Um, my birthday is usually the, the demarcation from the winter to the furnace season. And we have two weeks of great, amazing heat. And then... <laughs> Money, I ain't tell no lies, did I? All righty. Psalm 29, hear the word of the Lord. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. As an aside, one of the things this is revealing is that the voice of the Lord can many times be accessed by a lifetime or a lifestyle, but also an instantaneous moment of worship and exaltation of God. Uh, it was the old uh, contemporary psalmists who would say, we've come to lift the Savior up till he does what? Till he speaks from eternity. So th this isn't part of our, our study tonight, but it may behoove you just to understand that many times the key to access to the voice of God is both a lifestyle, somebody say lifestyle, but also instantaneous moments of exaltation and worship and reverence to the Lord. But then verse three is what I'm interested in. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord is upon many waters. His voice is upon the waters. The voice sounds like thunder. And when he speaks, he is introduced into what he speaks to. Isn't that interesting? The voice is upon the waters. He thunders. The Lord is upon the waters. The voice of God. Someone say the voice of God. Somebody say the voice of God. Introduces God. Into any circumstance. I want to repeat, God's voice and his essence are almost synonymous majority of the time. 
when he speaks, he's not just giving you information, he's introducing himself into whatever circumstance he's speaking about. Can I get a witness? Let me repeat. The voice of one of the reasons why you must crave, covet, and obsessively pursue a lifestyle of access to the voice of God is that when he speaks, he is not just giving you information or direction. Many times he, by speaking, is introducing himself into whatever circumstance or scenario he is speaking about. If you understand that, can I get an amen? Very important. Number two, let's go back to Psalm 29. The voice of the Lord is what? Powerful. Someone say powerful. Now, the Bible says Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. Not by the power of his word. It has a, it's not that the word has power. It is that the word itself is the power. The Bible says where the, where the word of a king is, there is what? No. <laughs> where the word of a king is, there is what? Some people in the studio are about to get in trouble. <laughs> where the word of a king is, there is what? Power, authority. Yes, you're right. Power. So the voice of the Lord is powerful. In essence, Tony, God speaking in itself is the expression of authority over whatever he's speaking about. So whatever it is that is the matter, if God can speak. By the way, I have a prophetic, not word, declaration to make over Nigeria. Watch this space over the next few days. What's the difference, sir? A prophetic word means God spoke to me and I'm telling you what he said. I do that plenty of times. This is me speaking to God, right? So this is not something God told me. This is something that I feel a burden. I felt a burden for weeks now that the church must lift up as a prayer for the nation of Nigeria. If you prayed with me at the gap or the press last night, the gap on Tuesday, and I'm not sure which of the two last week, you already know where I'm coming from. But it is time to exercise the word of power concerning that nation. Can I get a witness, somebody? We are about to reverse time over Nigeria. Can I get a witness? Like Joshua, we're about to say, sun stand still, moon stand still. Like Isaiah, sun go back 10 degrees. We're about to erase what has been done as though it was never done. May the Lord give you understanding. Somebody say, may the Lord give you understanding. The voice of the Lord is powerful. In essence, where there is the absence of that voice, there is powerlessness. So the voice of God is the tool by which he establishes not just his nature and presence, but his power and authority into a circumstance. It says the voice of the Lord is full of what? Majesty, reverence. In essence, when God speaks, what, what he's speaking into must respond with reverence 
and regard and respect. Are you with me? Okay. Verse 5 says, The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars, even the cedars of Lebanon. Let's go to the King, let's go to the Blue Letter Bible for this because I, I want you to see this with your own eyes. So let's go to my favorite lexicon, blueletterbible.org. Oh, it's gonna be good tonight. Amen. I can smell God in the house. It already well, it already is, but it's about to be better tonight. Because God is in the his house. Right, Psalm, Psalm 29, verse 5. Uh, let's put the strongs in. Let's look at the word breaks, shall we? Or breaketh. It's the word sabah. Someone say shabah. It means to break, destroy, break in pieces, break down, hurt, tear, give birth, crush, or quench. To break in or down, to rend violently, to wreck, crush, quench, to break, to rupture, to be broken, to be maimed, to be crippled, to be wrecked, to shatter to break, to cause the break out, to bring to birth, to be broken, to be shattered. Are you hearing me, somebody? To break in pieces. Now, if you understand what the cedars of Lebanon are, you will know what I'm talking about. If you do, okay, let, let, me, let, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Let me show on the screen uh, for your edification. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It is going to be good tonight. Moni says it's already good. So if you type cedar into the, the Blue Letter Bible, it will show you that the word cedar occurs 51 times in 48 verses. Shall we do a quick word study? Leviticus 14.4 talks about cedar wood. Let's move on. 14.6, cedar wood. It's just basically talking about some of the stuff used, right, in the Levitical order in the temple. So we see that the cedar has a place in the priestly and uh, temple economy. Let's keep moving. So those now, in Samuel, 2 Samuel 5.11, Hiram, king of Tyre, I was actually studying this this morning, interestingly, my Bible, or my personal Bible uh, study, um, by the way, can I, can I just stop and say something? No, 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 I don't want to get distracted. I'll address this later. Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messages to David and cedar trees and carpenters and masons, and they built David a house. Pause. So we know that whatever a cedar is, it is strong enough to build a palace for a king. This ain't no willow wood. This ain't no bamboo. This isn't a shrub. When David was going to build his house, his palace, when he was going to build the temple, we would actually know I was studying Solomon, not David. That was Second Kings. When Solomon was going to build his own palace and the house of God, they sent to a man called Hiram, the king of Tyre, to send them cedars. Someone say cedars. So a cedar is an extremely durable kind of wood and tree that produces that wood. It, is, it was the preference of the Bible day king. They didn't have, they didn't, they didn't have the kind of uh, technology we have today for building houses. 
So you had a few things to build houses from. You could use stone, you could use brick, you could use wood. Hear me, money, stone and wood already existed. For instance, the Bible tells us that when Solomon built his temple, it was primarily from stone because the stone was chipped and cut in a quarry. So at that same period in time, a king saw it as valid to build his personal palace from cedar wood. Shay, we've all been missing out from hearing God, but that ends tonight. From cedar wood. So this ain't no, you get what I'm trying to say? This is not some weak kind of wood. This is real stuff. Someone say real stuff. Okay. Second Samuel 7, 2. The king said to Nathan the prophet, what did the king say to Nathan the prophet? If you just help me guys, if you help me move between my shot and the, and the Bible, that'd be great so that I can just focus on reading stuff out. So the king said to the prophet, what did he say to the prophet? I dwell in a house of what? Cedar. Now, the, 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 the most valuable and durable house in every kingdom is always the palace or the equivalent of the government house. Does that make sense? In 2 Samuel 7, 7, God says, in all the places where I have walked with the children of Israel, did I speak a word to any of the tribes whom I commanded saying, why didn't you build me a house of cedar? God is saying, I never bothered you. But if I had, if I had demanded a house, it would have been one of cedar. Does that make sense? Okay. First Kings 433, 4, when it talks about Solomon's wisdom, he says he spoke of trees from the cedar tree that is in Lebanon, even unto the hyssop that springs out of the wall. If you know what hyssop is, hyssop is like a shrub. It's something you would dip in the blood of the Passover animal and apply it on your doorpost. In essence, hyssop was like a paintbrush. So you see the difference in terminology or in analogy. He says from the cedar, which would have been the strongest tree, to the, the weakest one, the hyssop, which is like a paintbrush. Does that make sense? Okay, First Kings 5, Solomon is asking, you know, for cedar from, you know, and so we see this again. Hiram gives Solomon cedars. We'll keep going, we'll keep going. He built the house of cedar. He built 20 cubits on this side and that on the other. So these are all examples of that, you know. Uh, we see cedar, you know, in the temple forecourt and all that beautiful stuff. Now, one second. There's one I'm looking for. All right. So Job 40.17. Let's give this some more context. Job 40.17. Now, when Job is complaining about his misfortune and talking smack to God, when God wants to put him in his place, God talks to him about two creatures, Leviathan and Behemoth. He's saying, these creatures are out of your depth, but they're afraid of me. So he's describing Behemoth now, after describing Leviathan. He says, 
Behold now behemoth which I made with you. He eats grass like an ox. His strength is in his loins. His force is in the navel of his belly. Now, if you know in, in English language, the word, the phrase or the word behemoth is a metaphor for anything that is huge and strong. He moves his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are as a strong piece of brass. His bones are like bars of iron. He is chief of the ways of God. Pause. Now, if you look at the analogy of Job, behemoth and Leviathan are metaphors of demonic activity. The metaphors of strong and powerful demonic activity. And God uses the cedar as an analogy for a part of the anatomy of behemoth. Are you sticking with me? Okay. Stay with me. Ezekiel chapter 31. It starts to get really good here. Ezekiel 31. Verse 2, son of man, speak unto Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to his multitude. Whom art thou like in your greatness? Listen, behold, the Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon with fair branches. A cedar of Lebanon, right? With a shadowing shroud and a high stature. His top was among the thick boughs. Here we know immediately God isn't talking about a human being. Should make it clear. Does that make sense? Okay. Or should I say a normal human being? Because no normal human being is as tall as a tree. The waters made him great. The deep set him up on high with her rivers running about his plants and sent out her little rivers onto all the trees of the field. Therefore, his height was exalted above all the trees of the field. His boughs were multiplied. His branches became long because of the multitude of waters he shot forth. The fowls of the heaven made their nest in his boughs. Under his branches, all the beasts of the field bring forth their young. Under his shadow dwelt all the great nations. Under one person's shadow dwelt, someone saying, nations. Can we agree we're not talking about a normal human being here? Thus was he fair in his greatness, in the length of his branches, for his root was by great waters. Listen, the cedars in the garden of God. Pause. What other entity does the Bible tell us was in Eden, the garden of God, in the book of Ezekiel? Lucifer says thou were in eden right in the garden of the lord and your your covering was every precious stone so the bible says we must interpret scripture with scripture even if we're not talking about lucifer here we know we're talking about a spirit being because no human being can have branches that nations gather under in the physical sense he was in the garden of the lord the bible says meaning he was he was if he's he was either adam or eve or something that existed before Adam or Eve. And we know no human being existed before Adam or Eve. Can I get a witness? 
I've made him by the multitude of his branches that all the trees of Eden that were in the garden of God envied him. Verse 10 is really, uh, verse 10 is really the, the kicker. It's the exposure of what's really going on here. Oh, Jesus. Verse 10 says, Thus saith the Lord God, because you lifted up yourself in height, and he has shot up his top among the thick bows, and his heart is lifted up in his height, I have therefore delivered him into the hand of the mighty one of the heathen. Pause. What entity does God talk about elsewhere in Ezekiel and also in Isaiah as having been lifted up in his arrogance? The morning star, Lucifer. So, at best, we're talking about a metaphor of a human being controlled by a spirit being. And at worst, we're talking about the spirit being himself. Does this make sense? So we're talking about a tree that in the natural realm is exceedingly strong and durable. That is listed as part of the anatomy of behemoth in Job. A metaphor for spiritual power. Negative spiritual power. And we see here the Bible referring to an entity called the Assyrian who is a cedar. It doesn't say he was like a cedar. It says he is a cedar and talks about him having branches that the nations nest under and his heart being exalted and God humbling him. Does that make sense? So with that understanding, when we now go back to Psalm 29 and the Bible says the voice of the Lord breaks the cedar Yea, the Lord breaks the cedar of Lebanon. Do you now understand what God is saying? In essence, the introduction of the voice of God deals with every aspect of demonic, satanic, and adversarial activity. Can I get a witness? Doesn't matter who and what operating against you in the spirit realm when god speaks and you can discern and receive that voice boom now i've been involved in the ministry of deliverance for a minute and there was a time when i used to spend seven hours quote and unquote casting out one devil thank god levels have changed that was when i was single i had no children i had no life i had no hobbies i now have a wife children a good life and plenty of hobbies amen i ain't got time to spend all night shouting go i won't go break no no and so many times the key in the introduction of freedom in a demonic circumstance is the voice of god what is god saying what's happening here what are we dealing with and what must we do and pastor deliverance minister Anybody else, healing minister, parent dealing with a child who the devil is messing up, every second spent trying to discern God's voice will save you several hours of fruitless labor without the direction of that voice. Can I get a witness, somebody? All right, let's keep going. The voice of God breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. For the sake of time today, I don't have time to break that down. It'll take me just as long as it took to break down the cedar of Lebanon. But I've given you an example of how to study what the Bible says. 
So look for unicorn, look for Lebanon and Syrian and calf in scripture and let God give you the insight there. Look at verse 7. The voice of God divides the flames of fire. Uh, Do I need to explain that? The voice of God shakes the wilderness. Semicolon, the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. In essence, the wilderness of your, because that's what Kadesh means, consecrated, holy unto God, aka my son. (laughs) So, you know, and Kadesh, you you got an amazing name. When you are in a season where God is building you in a dry place, that season is accelerated and fulfilled by the injection of the voice of God. My favorite is verse 9. The voice of God makes the word hind there means deer. Makes the hinds to calf. The voice of God brings fruitfulness. Someone say fruitfulness. If anything is barren, if anything is unfruitful, if anything is not producing, honey, take time to seek what God has to say. Because God's voice will not just inform you on how to get fruit. His speaking in and of itself will cause there to be fruitfulness and discovers the forests and in his temple does everyone speak of his glory. Look at your neighbor, say whatever price you need to pay for access to the voice of God. Say, please pay it. Beg them. See, whatever price you need to pay. Life will be far more costly without access on demand to this voice than it would be, love you too, son, that it would be to pay the price for the voice. If there is one thing I am grateful to the Lord is that my walk with him was orchestrated such that I came across certain individuals and circumstances that birthed early on a capacity to hear him. All right, so now let's, so last week we we listed out the eight biblical ways that God speaks or that we can hear the voice of the Lord. Today we're going to look at the forms that each of those ways takes. So there's six or seven forms that each of those ways can take. But the ways are number one, the inner voice. Number two, the inner witness. Number three, scripture. Number four, dreams and visions. Number five, prophetic utterances from other people or you yourself, Tony, can experience a prophetic utterance where God speaks to you through your own prophecy. Are you aware? That you can, you can energize yourself in the Holy Ghost to where you begin to prophesy the answer to what you need God to say or what you're seeking God concerning. Number six, circumstances and situations. Number seven, the audible voice of God. And number eight, angelic visitations and interactions. Let me repeat. One, the inner voice. If if somebody could help me type that up and put it on the screen, that'd be great. Number one, the inner voice. 
the inner voice, number one. And actually, I think, no, actually, I think we already do have them typed up. If you look under the quorum folder, they should be there, if I'm not mistaken. In, oh, no, actually, they aren't. So, yeah, you might need to help me type them up. So, number one, the inner voice. Number two, the inner witness. Write these down, everybody. They should be on your screen soon. So, number one, number one, the inner voice. Number two, so number one, the inner voice. Okay, I'm just gonna have to keep going because of time. Number two, the inner witness. We defined the difference last week. We'll come back to this next week. Number three, scripture. AKA the Bible. So number two, the inner witness. Number three, scripture, the Bible. Number four, dreams and visions. Number five, prophetic utterances. Number six, circumstances and situations. Number seven, the audible voice. And number eight, the ministry of angels. So these are the means, or should I say the methods. Now, you must understand that the voice of God is not the same. Oh, Tony. The voice of God is not the same as you and my voice. We are human beings, and so our voice is auditory. Thank you, sir. But the Bible says God is what? Spirit. He is spirit. He is the king spirit. And so spirits don't speak the way human beings speak. So when you hear the voice of God, don't be too quick to think about somebody just talking audibly. The voice of God simply means any way that God communicates. Are you with me, somebody? Any way that God what? Communicates. Spirits don't speak exclusively. In fact, spirits do not speak as sound, period. But when a spirit speaks, one of the ways a human being can perceive it is sound. There is a language of the spirit. When it is perceived by the human experience, there are certain ways in which the human experience can perceive communication from the spirit. I want you to write these ways down. And this is not exhaustive, by the way. There are actually more than these that I am aware of. And there may be more of these that I am not aware of, right? But I want you to write these down as the primary ones that we will be looking at in, these, in this series. So like I said, there's more than this that I'm aware of. And then, because I'm not perfect, there may also be more from scripture 
that I'm not, I haven't yet quote unquote discovered myself, or at least actively discovered or consciously discovered. But these are the ones that we are going to look at with more detail over this course of this series. Number one, sightings. Someone say sightings. Number two, knowings. In essence, when a spirit speaks, a human being can perceive the voice of that spirit as a sighting. Do you mean a picture? No. There's a difference. I'll explain. A sighting. Someone say a sighting. What's a sighting? A transient observation. It doesn't stay. If you say there was a sighting of the murder suspect on so-and-so street, it means he didn't stay there, did he? So, a sighting. Number two, knowings. If we could just, I don't know if we, well, am I going too fast, guys? Number one, sightings. I'm just waiting for my crew to help me out. Number one, sightings. Let's see if we can help the people put them on the screen quickly. Number two, knowings. Number three, perceptions. Someone say perceptions. Number four, pictures and metaphors. What's the difference between a picture slash metaphor and a sighting? A sighting, from the way I define it, is a transient window into a reality or an occurrence. A picture would be a metaphor or a representation of something. So, for instance, I might be praying and I have a sighting of Moni picking up the keys to a new house. I'm just praying and it just flashes. I see you smiling with the huge key outside the house with the ribbon on the door. That's a sighting. A picture would be, every time I think about you, I see a set of keys. That's a metaphor or a picture. They could mean the same thing, but they're not the same. Does that make sense? One is specific but also transient in essence it's it's usually just a flash and for those of you who want to work in the in the dimension of visions if you are waiting for a trance you wait a long time a trance is one kind of vision and it is very well it is the second rarest kind of vision after an open vision the vast majority of the time so the Bible says we must prophesy according to our faith, is many times when a man of God tells you he saw a vision, it wasn't a trance, it was a sighting, it was a flash. And many times it is so quick and unclear that it takes faith to say what you saw. But if you develop that capacity, you can get to a point where even that transient flash is so clear to your spirit that you are confident in it. Does that make sense? So not all visions are trances or open visions. The most common kind of vision is a sighting. Someone say a sighting. 
it's a flash it's it's like a window into the spirit realm where god is showing you something and there's a knowing i'll come back to that then there are perceptions i'll come back to that then there are pictures and metaphors usually when god is talking to you through a picture or metaphor it will keep recurring you keep seeing that key you keep every time you pray you see the key what's this about then god may then give you a sighting okay then there are what the bible refers to as similitudes we're going to look at this in a second then there are emotions somebody say emotions there are more but these are the six i want to deal with or seven six slash seven i want to deal with in this series number one sightings number two knowings number three perceptions number four pictures and metaphors number five similitudes number six emotions so i missed out the seven and number seven sounds someone say sounds this is where quote and unquote what you and i call a voice comes in but money 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 thou shall 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 receive a house 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 by this time next year is one seventh of the ways the voice of god can speak to you if something is one seventh of a bigger picture it means for every one time you hear it as a sound whether it's an inner sound or an outer sound there will be six other times it comes another way are you hearing me and this is one of the reasons why the average christian says i don't know how to hear god because you are waiting for language and it takes hear me it takes an advanced dimension of the prophetic gift to be able to convert every time god speaks into language it is possible you can actually grow to a place where these other six dimensions when they come you can literally hear language behind it but it takes time and development the average believer has not paid the price yet to have language on demand so you will be dealing with the other six so get used to them can i get an amen and when I say these are forms and the list I gave you last week were ways, let me explain. Let's go back to the week to the list from last week. So let's go back to the week from last week. Guys, you just put the, the inner voice, the inner witness, just put that list back on the screen. Let me explain what I'm trying to say. If you could put back, thank you. So money, the inner voice, what you and I call the inner voice, can come as seven ways. The inner voice can be a sighting. The inner voice can be a knowing. The inner voice can be a perception. The inner voice can be a picture or a metaphor. The inner voice can be a similitude. Natalia, something similar sometimes, yes. The inner voice can be a strong emotion or the inner voice can come with sound or language. Does that make sense? The inner witness. Now, 
you can argue that the inner witness can't have all seven because the fact that it is a witness, you know, but still, in essence, one or more of these forms can be manifested or the inner witness can manifest as one or more of these forms. Now, scripture is scripture. However, scripture will speak to you again in one or more of these seven ways. You can be reading the Bible and have a sighting, a knowing, a perception, a picture, a metaphor, a similitude, an emotion, or language. Does that make sense? Your dreams and visions also speak these seven ways. For those of you who have taught to interpret your dreams before, I've told you, sometimes in a dream, the way you feel is more important than what you see. Does that make sense? You can have a dream where you're eating and it's not a bad thing. Yes, I said it. Deliverance minister, yes, I did. Oh, by the way, I've got news for you. We're about to start some deliverance. Uh, no, 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 I'll leave that. I'll leave that. Good news. Freedom is coming to the body of Christ. Amen. We're going to beat Satan out of your lives. But, okay, just, just watch this space. We're, we're putting together some packages, but, but we're coming. We're coming. But deliverance minister like me, hear me, and proud to be so, to be one. Not every time you see yourself eating in your dream, money, is it a demonic thing? Mm, no. Mm -mm, mba, no. Was it not Peter who was told in his dream or in a vision by God, rise, kill, and eat? Was that demonic? No. The, the other dimensions of that dream are speaking to you, not just the pictures or the sightings in the dream. Are you hearing me? When there is a prophetic utterance, Tony, I may be saying, thus saith the Lord, and as it hits your spirit, it produces a picture, or a knowing, or a perception, or an emotion, or a picture or metaphor, or a similitude. I'll explain similitude in a second. Now, the audible voice is the audible voice. However, the Bible says when Israel experienced the audible voice, one of the things that happened was fear. When Moses heard the voice of God call out of the, out of the bush, the Bible says he was reverent. So even the audible voice that is primarily sound and language based can also communicate to you in one or more of these other ways. Are we clear? So you need to understand that the word voice does not necessarily mean words. It means medium of communication. In fact, the Bible is full of, ex of examples where it refers to the voice of the Lord as an animate object by itself. Genesis 3, for instance, says, let's go there. Let's go to Genesis 3. Let's go to Genesis 3. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis 3. So this is when the serpent, you know, bedazzled Eve and Adam doomed all of us because it was more Adam's fault than Eve, but I digress. Um, anyway, let's keep it pushing. 
Genesis 3 8 says, They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Not the sound of God walking. The voice was walking. Several times it would say in scripture, the word of the Lord came to a prophet. So understand that the concept of the voice of God is talking about the organ or the means by which he connects with humanity as opposed to quote and unquote a sound that you hear. Very important. Okay. Let's, let's break this down even further. You know, I told you I was going to wrap this up in three weeks, but the more I chew on it, the more I realize that I can't just summarize, you know, if we're going to fulfill those five, uh, well, we actually forgot to read them out today. I'm just all over the place today. Um, so let's, it's a good place to remind ourselves of our goals and our targets in this series. We have five primary things that we're trying to get done. Number one is to establish a clear scriptural basis for the fact that every believer should and must be able to communicate with God for themselves. That's number one. Let's repeat. So there's five things that we're trying to establish with the, this series. Number one, that every believer should and must be able to communicate with God for themselves very important number two is to establish from scripture the biblical ways that a believer can validly hear from god what is god and what is not someone say very important okay uh one second see if we can find okay number three to deal with myths and errors that have crept into the body of Christ surrounding the issue of hearing from God. Number four, to build the desire and a passion in you that cannot be quenched for hearing God. And number five is to activate in you the faculty of being able to communicate with God. So I came to the conclusion today, while I was preparing for today, that there's no way this can be done in four weeks. So we're going to take our time. Someone say, take your time. All right, so having established that, let's now go back to Hebrews chapter one. Oh Jesus, what a wonder you are. Hebrews chapter one, where we begun from on day one. It is hot in here. Oh, I might need some actually very soon because I'm burning through it. Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke to our fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So we see two very important points here. The first is the fact 
that in the Old Testament, the primary tool of speaking was prophets. Someone say prophets. Thank you, sir. So if you want to understand how to hear God, at least on the Old Testament context, what do you have to study? How did God speak to the prophets? And if we have time over the course of this series, I will do that. But then the second thing here uh, is that he speaks to us in the New Testament by his son. We started establishing that last week, the office of the Christ and the various things that are part of that office being delegated. Angel, the Holy Spirit, scripture, all these other things. Now, for the rest of our time today, I want to focus on showing you from the life of Jesus, the ways God spoke to human beings. In essence, if he speaks to us through his son, and the Bible makes it clear to us that Jesus was the firstborn among many. He was the pattern son who came to bring many to glory. We've established the fact that the ministry of Jesus in redemption has three or four parts. Number one was he was a substitute for us. Number two was, that in essence, he did it for us. Number two was that he was an avatar for us. In essence, we identify with him. So not only did he die for me, right? I died in him. And number three is he's an example for us. So not only did he die for me, not only did I die in him, he's then telling me after he died and resurrected, go and do likewise, I must also die myself. Does that make, does that make sense? So if he speaks to us through his son and the son is his pattern example, then we can look at the son's life for clues on how God speaks to human beings. Would you agree? Okay, so I'm gonna give you a brief summary now, and then we're gonna go through scripture to back up the summary. Number one, say Jesus heard. Number two, say Jesus saw. Number three, say Jesus had encounters. Number four, say Jesus interacted with angels. Number five, say Jesus grieved. In essence, he felt. And number six, say Jesus knew. Let me repeat. He heard, he saw, he had encounters, he interacted with angels, he felt, and he knew. Are you ready to take a whistle-stop tour through scripture? in no particular chronological order. Come with me to Matthew chapter one. Is this too slow for you guys? You guys, they are just, you know, summarize all this in one week. I can do that if you want, but is this, does somebody prefer it this way? Somebody let me know if you think this is the better way to do it. All right, Matthew chapter one. Right. Okay, my computer is misbehaving. Matthew chapter 1. 
If you go to verse 18, Tony, can I get my other laptop, please? Matthew chapter 1, we just go to verse 18 real quick for the sake of time. So you know the story. An angel has appeared to Mary and informed her of the Immaculate Conception. Um, forgive Mary for not being excited because that could have been a death sentence. Um, she could have been stoned if her husband-to-be, thank you, had accused her of fornication. And how many of you know that having a child is one of the most conclusive proofs that something happened. There has only ever been one immaculate conception in history. So saying I didn't do anything but I'm pregnant is usually not an acceptable defense <laughs> when you are being accused of fornication. Thank you. So the angel had appeared to Mary. And now in verse 18, we see him, or we see the other side of the fence. So the birth of Jesus was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to disgrace her publicly, this is what it means, wanted to put her away privily. Pause. But while he thought on these things, behold, what? The angel of the Lord appeared to him, how? In a dream. Ladies and gentlemen, we see two of the eight ways we established occurring simultaneously. There's an angelic visitation and it's occurring in a dream. Are you with me? An angelic visitation occurring in a what? In a dream. All right. If you go to Matthew chapter 2, so next, ver next chapter. We're looking at the life of Jesus for examples of how God speaks to men. Matthew chapter 2. We see how the wise men learned of the location of Jesus by a star. I don't want to deal with that. We dealt with that at the press last night and over the last few, last few months. By the way, if you're not coming to the press on a regular basis, you're missing out. Uh, every Tuesday and Friday, we take two hours from 11 UK time to 1 AM UK time to just literally go in in the Holy Ghost. We literally go ham. Somebody say we go ham. It's, it's just all kinds of good. So uh, if, Mr. Morris, if you put the press flyer on the screen for a second so everybody sees what I'm talking about. If you love to pray and you want to pursue God with other people who are passionate about him, the press is the place to be. Thank you, sir. So Matthew chapter 2. Let's go back to the, the Bible. Matthew chapter 2. So let's go to verse 12. After the men had found their way to Bethlehem and Herod had told them, tell me where the son is, 
of the child is so that I can kill Well, he didn't tell them he wanted to kill him. The Bible says in verse 12, and being warned of God in a dream. The Bible is clear. Now, the reason I didn't talk about the star is there is a lot of dispute as to who sent the star. But there's no dispute as to the fact that the Bible says in verse 12, Matthew chapter 2, they were warned of God where? Everybody put your right hand on your head. Say every system designed to make me forget or be confused about my dreams. I break you in the name of Jesus. The dream realm is God's way of evening the playing field. You don't need to be a prophet to have a dream. You don't even need to be a Christian to have a dream. Pharaoh had a dream. Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. And if your dreams are under attack, pray. In essence, if you wake up from your dreams consistently, unable to remember them. And I don't mean every, I don't mean, you know, let me, let me explain. It's not, I don't, I believe from scripture. We see this in the book of Job. The Bible says God seals our understanding in our dreams. God doesn't need you to remember every dream. But if you never remember any dream, if you've gone a year or more and you can't point to one dream you had and woke up and remembered clearly or if you find yourself remembering it and the moment you start thinking about it, something comes to snatch it, call for a fast. Amen? Okay. Let's go to the next verse, verse 13. It says, and when they were departed, behold, again, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph Howe, again in a dream, saying, arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. How many of you know that this cannot be given to you by peace? No amount of peace can pass this message across to you. Can God be this specific with you when he's giving you a warning? Either by a dream or any other means. There are times in your life where it is literally life or death that you hear God clearly. Someone say clearly. Not a sensation, no. Arise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, not anywhere else, Egypt, and stay there till I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When men and women operate at a level of specificity in the kingdom that brings them results, they have access to the voice of God on a frequency you don't. Last year, somebody called me. Many people called me. But one person in Casey called me and said, I'm thinking of buying Bitcoin. This was, I think, in about December. I want to buy Bitcoin and crypto. And I said to them, please don't. The person might be listening now or watching now. Anybody knows what's happened recently? 
lost more than 50% of its value since September last year. That was not a sensation. <laughs> Are you hearing me? No, it wasn't. It was a clear, specific, and unambiguous communication from God. You know why? I myself was considering buying crypto. And God said, dude, don't even try it. Imagine me putting my life savings into crypto at the start of this year. Like many Christians did. Because they lacked access to the clear and unambiguous voice of God. Arise, take the child and his mother, go to Egypt and trust that when it's time to come back, I will be able to tell you in a way that you understand. See, if this doesn't get you jealous for the voice of God, I can't help you. Verse 14 says, Then he arose, took the child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt. Do you know what this means? It means this instruction was so urgent that he had, in essence, he woke up from this dream, money, and started packing things. Why? Because the next morning, the Bible says, Matthew 2.16, Herod, when he saw he was mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly wroth and sent and killed all the children in Bethlehem. Every child from two and under. He wasn't, in essence, he asked them, when did you start seeing the star? Even he gave, he, we will catch this boy one way or the other. Two years, according to the time he had diligently inquired. Verse 17 says, it was fulfilled which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, my, my second son's name, Jeremy, you see where your name came from. In Ramah was a voice heard, lamentation, weeping, Rachel mourning for her children which would not be, and would not be comforted for they are no more. So this is the interesting thing I want to point out, Moni. Tony, let's realize the name's rhyme. God spoke through a prophet that there would be a time when children would be slaughtered in Bethlehem. And when the time for God's own prophecy to come to pass, God told his son, I can speak to you and exempt you from something that I said would happen. I, 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 are you getting this? That the voice of God can exempt you from the repercussions of the voice of God. Verse 19. When Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord... Three times in one chapter. Appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel. For they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. Someone say, hmm. Verse 22. Verse 22. 
When he heard that Achilleus was reigning in Judea in the room of his father Herod, listen, he was afraid to go hither. Notwithstanding, being warned of God, how? In a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee and came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. God had spoken thousands of years before Tony, but it took his instantaneous speaking to bring to pass what he spoke about a thousand years ago. It's not enough to have a general understanding of God's will for your life. See how God directed a human being in the nitty gritty on an everyday basis to arrive at his will and his agenda. And he did it how? In a dream. So you have no excuse. When we was saying, eh, I'm praying and eh, I don't think I'm going to hear God, so I'm just going to make, no, you're not paying. In fact, I'll, I'll show, ah, do I go there? <sighs> I know I'm jumping around a lot today, but there's a lot to cover. Shall I show you how many of you don't hear God's voice? You want to see it? Okay. Let me show you how many of you struggle to hear the voice of God. Come with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. When you're there, say I'm there. Let me show you why many of you lack this level of specificity, even in the most, or even in the easiest format, which is the dream. A very, very straightforward reason. If my computer will cooperate, you know what? I'm fed up of this one. Okay, I think it's coming up now. I'm going to switch to the other one if it keeps misbehaving. Proverbs chapter 3. Hmm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right, I think we have to switch them now. Uh, right. Okay, so let's do this. So you, sir. Um, if we could, let me see now. If we could just go charge that one. For some reason it's not charging. And I will move to this one. It's okay. We're all family. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. One of the most popular scriptures in the Bible. And it says, Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Notice the word shall, or in some translations will. Does it say might? 
Does it say he might direct your path? It shall, right? It, there's no room for ambiguity. In essence, Moni, God is honor bound. His hands are tied by his own integrity. He is committed to speaking and directing you if you fulfill these three criteria. What are the three? Trust. If you don't start from a place of trust, forget about hearing his voice. If you come from anxiety and from fear, from worry, from a place where you don't believe that he wants the best for you, then he's not committed to respond. And it doesn't say trust him with all your head, with all your heart. Are you hearing me, somebody? Hmm. Peniel, I like what you said there. I agree. Actually, can we screen Peniel's comment? No, I'll come to that in a second. Let's finish this thought. I'll come to Peniel's comment. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. What's your heart? The place from which flows the issues of life. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we know that you trust God with all your heart based on how you talk when you're not praying. Mm. Don't say, mm. Your communication. The Bible says, cast not away your... <sighs> no, I don't want to go to... Your confidence, he says, in which there's great recompense of reward. In essence, you are rewarded for your trust in God. He will keep him in perfect peace whose heart is set on him because he trusts him. That, that element of trust in God in itself is rewarded. Does that make sense? Your, your, your settledness that God is God and he is good is rewarded among other things by him speaking. Secondly, it says, lean not on your own understanding, and this is usually the problem. By the time many of us are asking God for his real Tony, we've done our calculations already, money, haven't we? God, who do I marry? But you have a list. Hello. You know, Lord, where's my spouse? But your parents or your friends or your pastor has already told you that you need to put yourself on the shelf so you can be seen. So there is already carnal understanding in the equation and you're asking God to cut through the noise of your carnal understanding. It doesn't work that way. You've done your calculation. In essence, you've, you've come at what you believe is a reasonable framework and you're asking God to say yes or no. God's like, no, we're not doing that. Number three, in all, somebody say all, not just the way you are asking for direction in. Lord, who's my wife? Stay out of my, out of my finances. God says, I ain't talking to you about your wife. Lord, who's my husband? 
Stay out of my nutrition. God says, don't talk to me. You, you can't live a life that does not need God's impute in almost every arena. And then when something is important, all of a sudden expect him to suddenly become a parrot and a crystal ball. His name is not Iago and he's not a genie. Aladdin reference, by the way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So the first step, and this is where I keep talking about the peace thing. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things in prayer and supplication, make your request made known to God and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard and rule your heart. This is where peace comes in. It, the peace is designed to keep you in a state of trust so God can talk. It's not designed for you to take the peace as the fact that he has spoken about what you already wanted because you were leaning on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him. Meaning, he has to, his, his opinion, it doesn't say, acknowledge means consciously, means you have to be conscious of his dominion and request his opinion in every macro aspect of your life. He says, then he will. Not he might. He will. If a Christian spends 21 days praying about a matter and God does not quote and unquote talk, I can trace it to one of these three things. Because from scripture, 21 days is the maximum amount of time that a demonic force is permitted to hold back your answer. You see that it takes trust to keep asking someone the same question for 21 days. Can you see that you must have successfully emptied yourself of your understanding and it, it itself is an acknowledgement so unless you're doing it hypocritically as many of us do we know what we want we know or we sometimes we know what we don't want but as we see from the life of joseph god can give so money i'm not talking about dreams that are obtuse like you dream when you see yourself in a car speeding. That's an example of the metaphor. And I told you each of the eight ways God speaks can be manifested in one of the seven forms. So dreams, remember our list, guys, uh, uh, media team, let's go back to the list. So dreams, now I'm talking about the list that has um, sightings, knowings, and the rest of them. So a dream, right, can be communicated via one, sightings, Two, knowings. Three, perceptions. Four, pictures and metaphors. Five, similitudes. Six, emotions. And seven, language. Even the dream. So you can have a dream that's a flash of a, of a picture, of, of, sorry, of a sighting. You can have a dream where you wake up from knowing something. And in, I'm talking to, I'll deal with this seven next week because of time. You can have a dream where you have a perception. You can have a dream where you see, like you see yourself in a car. That's a picture or metaphor. It's not, you're not actually driving in real life. The car is a picture and a metaphor for something else. Does that make sense? You can have a dream with a similitude, a dream with an emotion, but we see Joseph having, and I told you language is usually reserved for either developed 
faculties or extremely urgent situations where God knows if he doesn't give you language, the consequences of your mistake are horrible. But even a dream can have language. So I don't just dream of, of, of the reality. An angel comes to Joseph in the dream and says, arise now. Take your wife and your stepson, because this was Joseph's stepson, go to Egypt. Pharaoh, Herod wants to kill you and wait there till I tell you to come back. This level of guidance is available to every believer if we fulfill the requirements of Proverbs 35. Okay, let's keep going. So we've looked at how people heard God for Jesus. Someone say for Jesus. Now let's start to look at how Jesus heard God for himself. Thank you, baby. By the way, baby is my wife, in case you're wondering. So um, I paid plenty of money in dowry to say baby. John chapter 5. <laughs> John chapter 5, verse 19. Let's look at Jesus himself. Mm, should I start from John 5? Mm, okay, let's just, for time, let's go there already. Let's go there. There's, there's, there's several earlier ones. Then Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees. Someone say sees. Someone say sees. He didn't say hear. He didn't say no. He says sees. I don't have time to show you, but if you look at the Greek word, it is talking about sight. Someone say see. So Jesus had access to see. Now, Jesus was saying, I have a faculty by which I can see God, my father, doing something, then I copy. He didn't say what the father tells me to do. M many prophetic preachers like myself understand exactly what Jesus is saying. I can be praying about a meeting, a service, or even be ministering in the service money, and I'll see God healing eyes. He doesn't tell me to heal eyes. I just see that heaven, I'm, oh yeah, I'm still here, Monica. Any problem? Have I, am I still online? Have you guys lost me? Okay, cool. And I just begin to see what's going on. It's a picture, money. God doesn't say lay hands on money, but I'm looking at you and I have a picture of you falling or being slain by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just walking, I'm preaching, and I look at you, and there's this picture, something hits money and she's slain. What do you think God is saying to me? If I'm preaching, and I walk past money, and I see her slain, she sat down, but in the spirit I see her slain under the power of God. What's the message? Lay hands on her. Does that make sense? So Jesus said, let's go back. I only do what I see. Colleen, you're right. If Joseph didn't obey, but let's come here. I only do what I see the father do. See. 
So someone say, Jesus saw. He then says, for whatsoever things he does, these also does the son do likewise. Ain't that deep? Verse 20, for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. Not tells, shows. Someone say Jesus had access to sightings. Now these aren't pictures and metaphors. Jesus had news clips of what was going on in heaven. Okay, Monica, I understand. Thank you. Jesus had a window into what was going on in heaven. So when he says, our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven, it, it assumes that you have access to know what is in heaven. And the Bible says Jesus saw. Someone say he saw. Someone say he saw. He's not Esau, but he saw. John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Someone say Jesus knew. Remember we said knowings, right? John 13, 3. It says, let's start from verse 2. And supper being ended, the devil had put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Now, remember Jesus told his disciples earlier, I've chosen 12 of you and one is a betrayer or a devil, right? So, Jesus was aware of the fact that there was somebody in that room that was going to betray him from the day he chose them. Remember? Secondly, we see from the Gospel of Mark and Luke that a time came where he told Judas, whatever thou doest, do quickly. So, he was aware that the time had come and he knew that it was Judas. And remember, everything you see Jesus do in the Bible is done in his capacity as a human being anointed by God. So it's possible money to be in a room and know exactly who is gossiping about you. It's possible as a woman to be in a room and know which woman is after your husband. And God won't trust you with that information if he knows you're going to act a fool. Hint, hint. But look at what it says next, verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. What was the instruction? Wash your disciples' feet. How did the instruction come, Muni? As a knowing that he was from God, came from God, and was going to God. Now, if you don't have spiritual intelligence, this doesn't make sense. That God can give you a knowing. In essence, a fully formed, this, this is the way I put it, you remember things that you never forgot. Now, did Jesus know this intellectually? Yes. But if you look at the word in Greek, it means so, there was a deposit into his spirit that said, God has given all things into your hands. 
you come from God and you're about to go back to God. And he instantly realized that the time had come to wash his disciples' feet. And when Jesus, when Peter argued, he said, if I don't wash your feet, you can't be a part of my office. In essence, Jesus knew that it was time to set things in motion. He knew that Satan had entered Judas by a knowing that he was securing God and that this was the time to do something. Does that make sense? More on this next week. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Verse 18. Luke chapter 10, verse 18. Let's start from 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. And he said unto them, I did what I beheld. Someone say sight. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Again, this is not a metaphor. Jesus had access to a news flash. As a man on the earth, while the disciples were out in the field, he saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He then said, Behold, I give you power. In essence, I can now give you power because the power has been taken from Satan. I saw. Someone say, I saw. Okay, no time. John chapter 12. John, again, we're looking at examples of how God speaks through now the life of Jesus. John chapter 12. We haven't got too much time left. Shalabare korean debehesketi. Oh, thank you, Jesus. John chapter Here we are. From verse 27. John 12, 20. Oh, you guys can't see my screen. Okay, sorry about that. John 12, 27. So Jesus says, my soul is what? Troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Pause. My soul is what? Troubled. 
How did Jesus know that the time had come where the hour of his suffering was near? Because his soul, somebody say his soul, was troubled. Somebody say emotion. Now, I'm not talking about carnal emotions, Moni. I mean spirit. In fact, we may need to dedicate a whole week to talk about the language of spiritual emotions. Because there are spiritual emotions. Where it, it's an emotion, but it's not coming from your, your carnal mind. Both, all emotions occur in the soul. The question is, what's the source? Is the source of the emotion your flesh or your spirit? Jesus says, my, now, meaning it wasn't troubled five minutes ago or five days ago. Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Meaning this trouble in my soul is informing me that trouble is at hand. Are you following me? So the same man who could see, God didn't choose to talk to him through seeing this time. Why? Because he wanted to give him a gamut of experiences so we could find our place as, human, as normal human beings in the flow. Okay, let's keep going. Father, save me from this hour for this cause, but for this cause came I into the hour. In essence, I know that this troubling in my soul is telling me that the reason I was born has come, which is to die. Father, glorify your name. Listen, then came a voice from heaven. Someone say audible saying i have both glorified it and will glorify it again the people therefore stood and heard they said it did what it thundered another one said an angel spoke to him in essence this was an audible voice everybody else heard it not just him some just heard thunder but some heard words and they said that kind of voice is the voice of an angel meaning a voice of a divine entity so the audible voice is a valid means by which god can speak to a human being it's not it's very rare but it's valid someone say valid okay come to matthews because okay, for no, no time matthew 17 1 to 8 and mark 9 2 uh to 30 talks about the mountain of transfiguration let's go there let's go let's go there mark 9 mark 9 this is important mark 9 mark 9 i want to stare someone's hunger tonight we're going to pray in two minutes mark 9 this is talking about the mount of transfiguration and you may not have seen it before that the mount of transfiguration was god talking to jesus okay let's look at it mark 9 Verse 2 says, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and he led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His clothes, raiment, became shining, white as snow, as no fuller. The word fuller means laundry man on earth can white or clean them. There appeared unto him Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with who? And they were talking with who? And then he said, let us make three tabernacles. This is Peter talking, one for blah, 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 blah. Then verse 7 says, and there was a cloud that overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. And when they had looked about, they saw no man anymore 
except Jesus. Now let's look at this from the Matthew translation. Matthew 17. Matthew, Matthew 17. There's a piece of information Matthew includes. Then Mark does not. So, again in Matthew, we see the same information. It says, There appeared unto him Moses and Elias, listen, talking with him. Someone say, Talking with him. Someone say, Talking with him. Say, Talking with him. So they didn't just appear to him. They were talking with him. In essence, there was information being conveyed. Are you with me? Are you with me? Alabasile kurande bretila labahadi. Now let's look at this from the Gospel of Luke. Oh, Shalabaria Kondedi. Right. Luke chapter 9. Because the question is what were they talking about? Does anybody want to know what we're talking about? Luke chapter 9. Let's go to verse 28. Well, there's always one student in every class. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. It came to pass, after these saints, he took Peter and John and James, went up into a mountain to pray. Again, same story. He prayed. The fashion of his countenance was altered. I love this. For, about prayer. His raiment was white and glistening, so he went up the mountain to pray. This is a bit that Luke tells us the others don't. That this encounter was triggered by what? Prayer. As he prayed, the fashion counter was on, his raiment was white and glistening. Listen, there talked with him two men, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his death, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Tony, they were giving Jesus instructions on how to handle the coming weeks. God spoke to Christ via a prophetic encounter and gave clear instructions. Now, how many of you would like to discuss with some Old Testament saints about certain matters i am telling you this is valid only ever once has this happened to me but i know men who this is a semi-regular occurrence with but notice he went up into a mountain to what to pray this is not low-hanging fruit no this is for people who pray i'm going to stop there tonight let's pray let's pray let's pray let's pray 
We'll pick this up next week. We'll pick this up next week. Who's hungry? Who's hungry for more of God? Who's hungry to hear his voice? Who's hungry to mine the depths of encounter with him where clarity of direction and the release of power is the natural result? Open your mouth and begin to pray tonight. Say, Lord, speak to me. Activate this dimension of your glory in my life. Lord, activate. La sure baradie konda bahasi. Zedu remahadiya. Peniel said something earlier which I love. Because prayer is a two-way thing. So if these are the ways God talks to man, these are also the ways man can talk to God. And so when the Bible says pray at all times, it doesn't mean use language at all times, Tony. Pray without season. Doesn't mean rabba without season. One of the reasons she said while Jesus enjoyed praying was he knew the language of the Spirit. After a long day, he could pray. Have we been doing it wrong because we get tired after two hours? Is it that we don't pray long because we do too much audio speaking? Peniel, I've never been prouder of you than now. And so when you understand these different dimensions and more, we haven't even gone into many of them. You then have a palette of communication two-way between you and heaven. Tony, I can talk to God by an emotion. I don't mean a carnal emotion. I mean an intentional spiritual emotion. The Bible says whatever things are pure, peaceable, of good report, think on these things. I can initiate a conversation with God by an intentional emotion. I can initiate a conversation with God by a picture. I can initiate a conversation with God by knowing how I find what he has said I should know. And I start with that. I know that all things work together for my good. And I become conscious of it. And I focus and meditate on it in the middle of a crisis. I'm, I'm all things. I know. I know. It's a, it's a signal. Something will come back. But let's pray tonight and say, Lord, activate the faculties of my spiritual communication. Pray, pray. Father, even the preacher wants more. Even the preacher needs more. Even the preacher is desperate for another dimension of clarity and experience in the spirit sharpen my antenna invade my reality the voice the witness dreams visions my discernment of circumstances angelic and spiritual encounters scripture and where necessary lord your audible voice Shamalanu ekonamaria tabratiye. 
Father, raise the generation of those who know the sound of your voice and experience it on a daily basis, who can tap into it on demand, Lord. La pronenta, till you break the cedars of Lebanon, till you cause the calves to hide, till you shake every wilderness of Kadesh. Father, I pray even for our children. I pray for my children. Somebody pray for yours. Dead, God forbid. I mean unborn or born. Meaning children who are alive today and the children you will have in the future. No child will die in this house or connect to us in Jesus' name. And Father, we declare that even in this season, let our sons and daughters begin to experience the encounter with your voice. Uh, Father, Lord, would you come upon them? One of my sons was telling us the other day that he just nailed down to do a normal prayer time and he felt so overcome with the presence of God that an eight-year-old was there for an hour on his face. These are the days where God will speak and pour his spirit upon all flesh. And access to this voice will distinguish men and women in their day. Say, Lord, make me among the number. Father, give me access to uncommon exploits by the frequency of your voice access to uncommon exploits by the frequency of your voice help me pay the price and hear me many of us need to be brutally ruthless god can't talk to you because your dopamine is out of whack from the you wake up in the morning and the first thing you reach for is your phone to check facebook you know, when I was growing up, we preached against people spending too much time watching TV money. The problem now is we have YouTube, Vimeo, Netflix, Disney Plus. So in my day growing up, you had to be very lazy. You had to go and sit in front of a TV all day. Now you can carry the TV along with you. And, and, and many of us, and God was dealing with me about this recently. He said, son, even the things you watch on YouTube that are good, sermons, worship videos, he said, you need slightly less of them and more time with me. You need to shut down the sensory attack on your life and make space for the sound of the Lord. Father, help us in this season. We give you glory. Oh, we worship you. Some of us need to wake up, learn to wake up a great while before day. A great while before day. In the sight where there is nothing to distract you. You're not worried about a deadline. And just breathe in the voice of God. Take prayer walks. You're, you're, an, you're half an hour from your house anyway. So you might as well hear God on your way back. And prioritize the practice of the presence of the Lord. And say, Lord, speak. Like, like Samuel, your servant is listening with a readiness to obey. For many of us, it is that he's talking. We just don't know how to discern clearly like Samuel. The voice of God sounds like noise. Starting from next, we're going to start to look at practically how it comes. 
Many of you have been hearing God your whole life. You just don't know. You think it's you. You think it's a memory. You think it's just a thought. We're going to learn how to isolate that frequency so we are used to it when it comes in a moment of need. Father, we give you glory tonight for what you're about to do. Right now, Lord, at the sound of my voice, would you activate the technology in every life listening that enables us to discern your voice? Enable us to discern your voice. Enable us to discern your voice. We give you thanks and praise. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Alright folks. We'll see you next week on a Wednesday. But prior to that, this Friday at 11pm, we're back at the press. We're going to be pressing for the wine of the Spirit in prayer. Make time for that. Also this weekend, uh, the captivating women are back at it again. Um, they will be gathering if i'm not mistaken on the 18th that's this saturday of june in sheffield nottingham london and edinburgh if you would like to set up a cluster in your city uh let's know send us an email captivating at kculture.org um so sheffield is going to be a costa coffee at the moor edinburgh is going to be the culture lounge great junction street in London and Nottingham, these are going to be in actual people's houses. So uh, we don't want to put anybody's address just up there. So if you want to know information on how to get there, send an email to captivating at kculture.org. And of course, tomorrow and every morning at 6.30 in the morning, we gather for morning drops of glory. It's a great way to start your day hearing God in his presence at 12 noon at the Gap and at 7 p.m. at the altar. We shall yet pray. We are a house of prayer. If you want to give the details, we'll be on your screen. Um, let God lead and direct you in that regards. It is biblical to respond, the Bible says, financially to the water troughs from which you drink spiritually you can do this in one of several ways uh, and you can also earmark your gift for a specific purpose our media project the kenyan orphanage our minister support for not for us in kingdom culture we mean other ministers around the world that we support uh, in their full-time pursuit of ministry we love you bless you see you at 6 30 a.m tomorrow for morning drops of glory Love you. Take care. Bye-bye.